Welcome to Heels in the Courtroom, a podcast about successfully navigating law and life, featuring the women trial attorneys at the Simon Law Firm. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Heels in the Courtroom. It's Wednesday, so we're pleased that you're joining us. I am Amy Gunn, and today I am with Mary Simon, Erica Slater, Elizabeth McNulty, and Liz Lenevy. Our topic today is anger. And I know that seems like kind of maybe a strange topic for this group of happy-go-lucky ladies, but there's been so much going on in the last year that has angered me, and both in practice and in the world. And there was a podcast, I listened to the New York Times Daily Podcast, and in August of 2020, one of the daily podcasts was by Leslie Jameson, and it was entitled On Female Rage. And I listened to that podcast, and it really struck a chord with me. A lot of things that had been happening in the world with the pandemic and politics and just the shutdown of the court system. And I want to share with you one of the paragraphs that, that really stayed with me. So Leslie Jameson writes, once upon a time, I had enough anger in me to crack crystal. The poet Kiki Petrosoni wrote in her 2011 poem, At the Tea House. I boiled up from my bed in my enormous nightdress and my lungs full of burning chrysanthemums. This is a vision of anger as fuel and fire, as a powerful inoculation against passivity, as strange but holy milk suckled from the wolf. The, this anger is more like an itch than a wound. It demands that something happen. It's my own rage at that faculty meeting when the voices of students who had become statistics at our fingertips were being asked to hush up, to step back into their tidy columns. This anger isn't about deserving. It's about necessity. What needs to boil us out of bed and billow our dresses what needs to burn in our voices, glowing and fearsome, fully aware of its own heat. And I thought, yeah, if I'm gonna spend my emotional energy and my physical energy being angry, it needs to mean something. It needs to light a fire of action. Anger can make people bitter. It can make people vengeful or anger can cause resolve. Anger can be harnessed and put to use. I like to believe that in my practice, in my, in my life, the times that I've allowed anger to have a, an emotional footprint on me, that I have used that, that I have harnessed it, but I don't think I've ever taken the time to put a finger on it, to put a title on it, and to, in fact, at this point, almost look for it. So if I see something that's starting to make me angry, I want to think about it. And I want to immediately start thinking about what am I going to do about it? Not just let it affect me, let it create sadness in my life, but what am I going to do about that? And I want to bring that to our context as attorneys, as trial attorneys. And... So much of what I do in my practice, as most listeners know, is not only have a full-time 
trial practice, but also I do some advocacy in our state capital. And that is a great deal of, it brings a great deal of angst because many of the bills that are proposed in our state capital are what I would consider to be anti-civil justice rules that are attempts to take away civil rights in the context of being able to bring lawsuits and who you can sue and what the value of cases are. And man, it just makes me really angry that that can happen, but it's all very much a part of our system. And my task now, as I see it, is to figure out a way to take that anger see it happening, get ahead of it almost, and harness that into resolve. So my theme of anger going forward is anger into resolve. I know we've all had experiences about being angry and probably, and this, I include myself in this, have allowed that various degrees of the scale of anger to sadness, anger to vengefulness, anger to bitterness, and then finally anger to resolve, which is where I'm trying to be. So does anyone else have similar experiences where there have been a challenge of how to deal with anger? Well, Amy, I can say that when you're just hearing you talk in that first part, it makes me analyze, you know, how anger plays a role in my life. I also try to channel any anger I have into resolve or doing something about why I'm angry, but it's taken a long time to get there. It's not something that is intuitive. I think anger sometimes feels like such a useless emotion if it doesn't spark anything else or you don't change it into action or you don't, you know, change it into something that's productive. I can think of so many times that any anger I've had, it just like turns into hurt, like personally, which it feels so terrible. So I'm sure I've spent way too much mental energy trying to not be angry when maybe I should have been. But with what we do in practice, there's so many opportunities where like you hear about the facts of a case or you hear what happened to one of our clients and that like immediate indignation and gut feeling of like, I can't believe that happened or I'm so angry about that or, you know, I need to rush in and right that wrong is a really great way to be conducting yourself as an attorney. Like you should connect with that anger in a way that helps you drive your practice. Because if you don't have that, you're almost doing this for the wrong reasons. What other reason is there if you are not like motivated by anger and change that into seeking some sort of sense of justice for the client? That's the way I've always regarded it. And thinking about some of the attorneys in our practice, there are a couple that have a shorter fuse than others. Sometimes I'm like, oh, you are so mad about that. (laughs) (laughs) How does it feel? Yeah, you gotta calm down. (laughs) But other times I'm kind of inspired by being around that. It's almost like an anger that is like an indignation or a passion, and I'm inspired by that sometimes because I know it's fueling that attorney, and you can see how they're taking that anger and turning it into a good strategy in a case or the confidence to stand their ground because they're so 
pissed about, you know, how crazy whatever the opposing counsel did was. As you're saying that last part, Erica, it brings up part of what I want to discuss, which is the difference between female anger and male anger. Because the lawyers that you are mentioning, as far as I can tell, are are male lawyers. I think we all feel the same way right. in reaction to things that are happening to our clients or happening in the state house or just feeling like we're getting the raw end of a deal. And the difference is, can we react the same way and have the same response from the other side? So what I see is, and what I'm doing, it's okay to be angry. It's what I'm telling myself. It's okay to be angry, but I can't look angry. That's so true. I don't get to look angry or act angry. I can be angry. But if I, the moment I start looking and acting angry, I'm losing my audience, y'all. Don't you think? That's so true. Yeah, like thinking back on that, like that's such a good analysis because I almost feel self-conscious to show my own anger in that same way that some of the boys do. And I guess that's why I kind of find it inspiring because I'm kind of like, ooh, look at that. Like, can I do that? Like when I get that pissed off, can I fly off the handle no, and be like, you know, hysterical? Well, and and I innately have been socialized differently. Just you know, growing up, being expected to be polite and you know, mild mannered, and I don't not appreciate those qualities in myself. But at the same time, it's a good thing to look at and analyze and see how that makes us different with how we practice and how we lead through our profession. And kind of as we've been talking, I took note of a couple things within myself. I think that I grew up being taught, be ladylike, be quiet, be peaceful, smile, be kind. You don't blow up at people. That's not allowed. Don't be a B word if you are getting angry. Don't be hysterical, things like that. And, you know, the older I got, I think I I'm at a point now where I actually am comfortable recognizing that I actually do have emotions, believe it or not. And we're not just female robots who go through emotions and curtsy at people. Like, no, (laughs) that ship has sailed. We're done with that. And I like now that a lot of the rhetoric around women, it's more about taking up that space. Voice your opinion. Say what you think. And along that same line, I'm completely fine being angry. I am angry. I get angry a lot of times. Being a plaintiff's trial attorney in 2020, you get told that there won't be a trial for an entire year. I I wanted to punch a wall just immediately, you know, that I had so much anger. And, And the takeaway I'm thinking, Amy, from your initial thoughts on this is anger's a drain. Can it be a drive? Nice. Can you have the emotion of anger, which is so exhausting, and if you're gonna feel it, which you inevitably will, you got to decide what you're going to do with it. And there have been certain times in my life where I have just been so angry that I I will physically go exhaust myself by walking or running or something. And I think that might be because I didn't know what else to do with it. And it just felt icky and like a drain. And now there are countless times as a practicing plaintiff's attorney that you're going to feel anger, whether it's in terms of what happened to your client. 
I mean, one of the things that comes up for me repeatedly is just delay, delay, delay in all of our clients' cases. Our clients have been through absolute, indescribable, horrific tragedy, and they get their day in court. They get it, and anything that stands in their way of getting that that I feel is unnecessary just angers me to my core. I feel that if I think someone has, you know, done something that's not great on the other side of the case, I will immediately feel that sort of anger that makes me want to burst out loud and I won't, but my God, I will spend the rest of that entire case bringing it home. But for my client, just because of that anger turns into a drive at work. And that reminds me of what we've talked about many times on this podcast, which is respond, don't react. And it's the same concept. What I'm struggling with at my age and at my position in this profession is, is it okay for me now to be angry, to be visibly angry? Could I get away with it? I think is what I'm trying to figure out about myself, Liz. Yes, but it can't be (laughs) a regular occurrence. Sort of where my mind is going with this discussion is that it's important to have controlled anger. Anger is fine, but you have to control it. And I know we've talked about some some of the attorneys we know who have a tendency to maybe fly off the handle a little bit more. I don't think that's a strength. I don't think that's something that I'm necessarily jealous of. I, I think, in fact, it's something that I find as a personal quality in myself that I am stronger for. I think even though we are raised and we are socialized to don't draw too much attention to yourself. Don't get too angry. It's not ladylike. That is an incredible strength to have, to be able to control Mm -hmm. when you are feeling an emotion. And I I think when you are able to then take that anger, and like you said, Mary, put it into your work. The number of times I have gotten angry at work and my response was to bang on my keyboard emotion response but physically, if that attorney were to call me and we have a very pleasant conversation on the phone, it's because I don't want them to know they have gotten under my skin. One, because that's not how I want to handle things. But two, because I know it's going to be an appearance of not ladylike. But to that point, Amy, of what you were saying about am I allowed to be angry? I think you are, but you can't abuse it. If you fly off the handle all the time, that's just your personality. And it sort of becomes almost to me like a boy who cried wolf. But if you are a reasoned person, you are able to control your anger. And then if there is something that really calls for you to drop the bomb on someone, hopefully they already have such a perception of you that you are such a calm, controlled person that when you do lose it, that means I messed up. I screwed up, which is why I'm thinking about this in the context of our job as well. Yeah, having watched Having watched trials. Mm-hmm. You don't come out the gate swinging, right? You can't. So you have to let it build. It has to be a slow burn. And Amy, I've seen you do this where you start out your opening, you're very matter of fact, you you appeal to people's emotion, but you just sort of start planting the seeds in the jurors' brains of, of why this is really bad. Whatever happened to our client is really bad. But by the time we're a week, two weeks into this trial and you're ready to give your close and you want to raise your voice a little bit and you want to stomp your heels around that courtroom a little bit, it feels valid. 
it's not ridiculous anymore. It's not over the top. It's not flying off the handle. It's valid. So you have to figure out when is the right time to drop that hammer. So I, I think it's just a matter of controlling your anger and knowing how to harness it to your benefit, to your client's benefit, whatever situation you're in. And Liz, I love that because as you were saying before you started talking about like the trial, I'm thinking that myself because what I want is my anger to be power. So I first said I want my anger to be resolve. And I think as we're going through this, no, that's not enough. I want my anger to be power. How can I turn my anger into power? And your point is you don't have any power if you're just angry all the time and shooting off and and just flying off the handle all the time. You can though be powerful if you take that anger and people see it as legitimate and they see it as taking up a fight for someone. So we can embrace someone's situation and any normal human being would be angry about what's happened to our clients and the job and the skill and the art of trial lawyers in this situation is to take all those things and culminate that into taking a very angry situation and turning it into a powerful plea to a jury for justice. And thank you for being able to articulate that in a way to where it sort of just dawned on me because it makes me feel really excited about having that power and maybe having had it, but not so crystal clear. So thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I think that anger plays out in different ways. At least for me, it does if it's at work versus in my personal life, because it's so easy for me to change that into drive at work. Like we want to win. There actually is a successful option for us to, to, to pursue, right? And one of the things that is helpful to me as a young lawyer, it is helpful for me to have mentors, Amy, like you and Erica, when I talk to you about things that will make me so angry in a case, it genuinely helps me if I'm in a stuck kind of angry place to hear one of you tell me, yeah, that's happened to me a million times don't worry about it because this is how it's going to go regardless of this, you know, this one little decision that needs to be made right now in the case. It's good for me to have that balance because I still will have that anger, but there's nothing I can do about it in that moment. It, it helps me harness it kind of to Liz's point, that slow burn, even throughout litigation. It just helps me when I, the next time I need to write that motion, I just really am going to I'm just going to do such a good job having that kind of motivation, that power through anger, while also having the reminder of someone who's been practicing longer than me to say, I hear you. I've been there. I felt that it will be okay. But this is just one of those moments that I, I get it. I get how you're right. feeling. It's a valid feeling and you will survive it. Those yeah. are things that, that make you feel better. And that's a good point, too, because that kind of reiterates why it's so important to have a mentor who has more experience than you. And like, Mary, I use Amy the same way that you'll come to me with something. I'll be like, don't worry about that. Because anyone who has more experience than you knows the bigger things that are coming down the road. 
and knows that sometimes the things that might anger you in the moment might be small potatoes because they've lived it. It's the experience. I think that that is one of the best skills I've learned as an attorney that I've been able to take into my personal life is understanding anger. A couple months ago, my younger sister, her and her first boyfriend broke up and it was a bad breakup. She's in high school. And this boy took it upon himself to find my work page, find our law firm website, go to our intake department and send me through intake a message telling me what a terrible person my sister is. And I could tell it was an immature decision by an immature young man. But the problem was, A, it's family. You don't mess with family. And B, you're going through my workplace. So now you're messing with my profession because when the way our system is set up, when he sent me something through intake, it didn't come directly to me. It goes to our administrator, which means she had the opportunity. And luckily she handled it very professionally. She made sure no one else could see the message, directed it to me and said, I'll trust you to handle this, but it will be deleted out of our system out of this. And I said, thank you. And I sat on it. And I remember finding my husband and yelling about, you know, you don't mess with my sister like that. And how can how could he do that? And then I thought about it. And I said, what is the best way to handle my anger? He gave me his phone number to call him. Mm. And I was like, it's not worth it to call this this young man myself. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to I'm going to control my anger. And I'm going to call his mom. Wow. And I said, here's a mic drop. Call in the mom. That's it. I said, ma'am, you know, I know you raised your son better than this. I know you guys are good people. I trust you and your judgment and how to handle this. And she said, don't worry. I will handle it. And I said, perfect. My, My anger was able to inspire someone else's anger. But if I had called him directly and just started tearing him a new one, what would that have? That would have just angered her. We would be in a big fight. But being able to control my anger and then pass it on to someone else who could actually make a difference. But that is just an example of from this job I have learned. It's so important to be able to recognize a situation and the potential outcomes and how to pick the best outcome. Very well played. The key to me from that story is what's the goal, right? It probably would have felt great in the moment to have called that punk and chewed him out or whatever. But as you say, you know how he would react to that. So very well played. I have another question to pose, and that is more of a practical. You know me, I'm very practical. When you are angry about something in the moment and you're physically affected by it, what do you do? to get through the moment of being physically angry. Elizabeth, has that ever happened to you? Yeah, of course. I get angry like everyone else. But I think that when I get angry, it's really important for me to, you know, first identify the emotion. This probably sounds like very millennial, but uh, (laughs) I'd like to identify the emotion. And then what's the problem? I'm a natural problem solver. So I want to solve the problem. So if it's something that I can do, then I will do that. And if there's nothing that I can do about it, then I kind of just try to like I don't repress it, but if if I can't do anything about it, then it's not a productive emotion. I can't let it consume me because that's when, you know, 
the other person win. So you either, like you said, you can use it to fuel something. How do I solve this? What can I do about this? And if the answer is, you know, there's nothing I can do about it, then you kind of have to sit with it and let it go. Because if not, you're just going to become an angry person and that will just seep into every aspect of your life. And I think that that's kind of when it can borderline on unhealthy and kind of obsessive. So I think that there's, you know, a fine line there between letting it fuel you or letting it consume you. Do you give it a certain amount of time before you make that decision? It depends on if it's professional or in my personal life. I think generally in my personal life, I like to communicate about things. So if there's a problem, we're going to address it. I think in my professional life, it's more important to kind of sit with it and see the overall consequences of me addressing it or not. Because I've seen firsthand how sometimes that doesn't serve you to act on your anger and you need to kind of, I don't know, maybe it depends on how big it is, but I think that you can let 15 minutes go by and see if you still feel that same way. You know, what's funny. I have so many books of like quotes and short stories, but in one of them, and I just looked it up to confirm what the quote was. There's a quote by Thomas Jefferson and it's when angry count to 10 before you speak. If very angry count to a hundred. <laughs> and And it always makes me laugh because, you know, that's almost directly what Elizabeth was talking about is how long, how long should you take? And it, it just depends. And, you know, I've been in, and I completely agree, Elizabeth, if it's personal life, then it's sometimes can be treated differently than in your work life. And for me, if it's in my personal life and I'm very angry and it's a count to 100 moment, I might need to just take a week off away from that person. I like, I might just need a total break. I don't really blow up at people and scream at people. I'll kind of take Liz's approach, which is make the phone call to to someone else and, you know, just handle it versus blowing up. And in my work life, because sometimes you need to just keep going, I've gotten advice from my dad before, which is what happened, what of it can you control, and doing any of the following options that you've just put forth, what one's going to help your client? And go with that one. Is it going to help your client to shoot off this email or is it really not because you just want to get along with whoever this attorney is and just put it behind you and move on? So sometimes getting that perspective of the bigger picture helps in those angry moments or even very angry. I'll just count to a hundred and then, you know, go on with the task. I forgot I wrote this down when I saw that the topic was anger, but I got a book of poetry for Christmas by Kate Bayer. It's called What Kind of Woman? One of the poems, it's called the advice cards at bridal showers. And there's a line in it that says, go to bed angry, wake up with a plan. And she's she's talking about marriage, but I think that that's like really beautiful to apply in like all aspects of your life. Instead of, you know, never go to bed angry, it's kind of a play on that. So I think that that, you know, could be utilized here in this space as well. Yeah, sleep on it. This conversation is making me think of, there's two sides to this. There's there's one side, which is what do we do with our own anger? And the flip side is how do we respond to other people's anger? I think it'd be interesting to talk to you all about how you deal with other people's anger, because I'm sure we've all received other people's anger at some point or another. I love the count to 10. I love that because I was going to say, you know, like I literally just like walk away and breathe deeply and think, you know, internalize and that kind of thing. Without a doubt, like I call my person or 
text my person, which is usually my wife. I mean, I pick my audience depending on what's going on. Exactly. Sometimes it's Mary if I'm like, <laughs> listen to what this person did. Sometimes it's Liz. Sometimes it's Elizabeth. Sometimes, Amy, I pick up the phone like, listen to this. But yeah, you totally choose your audience. And it's funny because I think that if I don't do a little bit of venting or like saying it out loud or I do it days later, I don't realize how big of a toll it takes you know, until like I've said it out loud or I'll be like walking around my house, like kind of cranky and not knowing why. And then like my wife intuitively will be like, what's going on? And I'll say it out loud. And then I'll be like, oh, that's gone. (laughs) So I kind of have to remember sometimes, like just go talk to someone. Like you don't have to, you know, deal with it all yourself or you don't have to always push it down without having someone help you kind of process you know, that feeling of anger. And, you know, it's hardly ever in isolation, that feeling of anger. I mean, for me, just because of who I am as a person, I'm sure I internalize it a lot or turn it around on myself, which isn't super healthy. So I would say, you know, having a trusted person to talk to, if you can take a break and be like, listen to this. I mean, that's, that's my best way to deal with anger. Absolutely. I've told this story before, but there was one time I got a particularly rude email from a client and I called Erica and Erica said, all right, this is what you're going to respond back. And I literally just transcribed the the email that she told me to send and it was paragraph. (laughs) It was calm and it was professional and it was reasoned and it was everything that I did not want to say, but needed to say. And so it really is invaluable to have someone that you can go to that you can not only vent to but can provide you that necessary advice when the moment needs it or sometimes you just want someone to to listen to you be mad this is something steve and i have worked on is when i'm mad about something he'll be like so do you want me to tell you what i think you should do or do you just want me to listen because i'll i'll do either and and that's something that i think we have developed and it's worked out swimmingly. Yeah. Sometimes I just want to be mad. That's the Venus and Mars. If you want to be Venus right now, just be a good listener or Mars and solve this problem for you. Yeah. Very much a Venus Mars conversation. So true. I sometimes (laughs) when I like complain about something to my wife, like I see her kind of getting stressed out, like, as she's like, how am I going to fix this for you? And I have to like remind her like, Hey, no, 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 no. I got it handled. I just need you to like, listen to me, like go off about it for five minutes, but don't worry. I'm not putting it on you. (laughs) (laughs) So I've really enjoyed our conversation, ladies. I do think it's worth having this open dialogue among women regarding anger and how to deal with it and what's quote acceptable and and what's not and breaking through some of those barriers about what is expected behavior from women particularly professional women and I'm a big proponent of having the conversation acknowledging the issue and really working through it to find out how other people are dealing with the same challenges so thank you very much for being a part of of the bubble that (laughs) keeps us all happy and healthy and thank you all for listening to another episode of heels in the courtroom you can find us every wednesday and we would love to hear your comments your stories your questions 
topics, anything that you all care to share with us, we would be more than happy to hear and respond. So thank you very much. And we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Heels in the Courtroom is brought to you by The Simon Law Firm. Connect with Amy, Liz, Mary, Erica, or Elizabeth at heelsinthecourtroom.law.